This is Matt Schneider, and I'm here with Will Mayo. Hello. And uh, today we have Nicole Stewart, who is a candidate for at-large city council in uh, Raleigh. And Nicole, I wanted to start by reading the endorsement that the News and Observer gave to you the other day, and then we can go ahead and get into your introduction and see if what they said is true about you, okay? Nicole Stewart, 36, is an unapologetic do-gooder, directing development for the NC Conservation Network, a nonprofit focused on environmental issues. She also co-founded the Beehive Collective, another nonprofit that raises funds for still other nonprofits, in particular those that help women, others in need of affordable housing, and those who need health care. Having devoted herself to good works, Stewart now seeks to bring her energy to government, and she would be an outstanding addition to the council. She would help Raleigh, as she puts it, be a leader on issues that matter. She shares with other candidates priorities of solving the affordable housing shortage and maintaining a quality of life sustained by good environmental protection and better transit. Nicole Stewart, is what the News and Observer said about you true? I surely hope so. Okay, well, go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience, please. Yes, I'm Nicole Stewart, and I'm running for Raleigh City Council at large. Um, and I'm running because I believe that Raleigh is ready for the next generation of leaders who will work tirelessly for all of us and stay true to our shared values of access. I grew up in Apex just down the road, um, went to UNC Wilmington, so go Seahawks, um, and then came right back home to Raleigh um, after... After I graduated, so I've lived in East Raleigh for 14 years and have worked for North Carolina Conservation Network during that whole time. I co-founded the Beehive Collective, as the News and Observer says, um, which is a wonderful organization that has um, invested over $150,000 into local nonprofits here in Raleigh over the past nine years. Um, and those groups work on issues like affordable housing, sustainable transit, youth empowerment, um, and much, much more. All right, so let's let's talk about Raleigh specifically. Great. Uh, what's your vision for Raleigh? Uh, what are the current challenges that we face as a city um, that's undergoing rapid growth? I think when I moved here uh, in 2011, the population was a little bit under 400,000, and now we're approaching a half a million. Correct. Which is a big, big, big city. Yeah. So. What are the challenges and, and what are the solutions going forward? I'm giving you a broad range to talk That's about your a platform huge range. right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get into specifics later. Excellent. And feel free to interrupt. Um, so I think um, my big focus, my big foci um, are affordable housing, um, sustainable transit, and a high quality of life for all. Um, and as I've gone across the city... Um, and as you mentioned, it's a very big city in terms of the number of people here, but it's also a very expansive city. There's a ton of mileage in our, in our community. Um, and depending on where you are in Raleigh, you'll get a different sense of how folks are doing in terms of their quality of life. Um, so many in Raleigh, and you'll see this in surveys as well, many in Raleigh are doing quite well. And so for them, quality of life means um, clean water clean air, and lots of parks and greenways. What's the median income, median household income in Raleigh right now? I would have to go look that up before I just throw out a number that I hope is right. I'm, I'm going to say it's about $56,000. That sounds right. But I encourage people to fact check that as well. Excellent. So if it's $56,000, uh, 
that's higher than the national average, but there's still there's a disparity Absolutely. in the socioeconomic divide Absolutely. in this city. So how are you going to make that better? Yeah. What can you do to help? And I think one of the one of the first things we can do is acknowledge it as folks like yourself are starting to do. Um, so as some folks are doing really well, there are huge, um, maybe not huge, but there are communities throughout Raleigh that aren't doing so well. And so for them, a high quality of life means something different than clean air, clean water, and lots of parks. They value those things, but they're looking for access to affordable housing, to sustainable transit, to healthcare, to education, and really just kind of back to the basics. And so I think highlighting those different needs that exist throughout our community is the first thing we need to do. And as someone who would have an at-large lens, who would be serving citywide, I'd pledge to bring that view to the table. Um, so I think we need to start there. Um, then we can start to dig into what does it mean to fix affordable housing. So I personally really enjoy the park system in Raleigh, and I think that it does provide a good quality of life. I'm a student at NC State, so obviously I, I'm fairly fortunate. Uh, what sort of... Uh, push for other aspects of quality of life will affect the park system or how, how will they affect the park system rather? Um, I also spend a lot of time at our parks and green on our parks and greenways. I have two young children. Um, they're, how old are your kids? They're five and eight, almost eight. Evan will correct me. Almost eight. Um, so they're both in public school. Um, right around the corner from our house, and we spend a lot of time on all sorts of parks and greenways throughout the city. What what neighborhood do you guys live in? Um, we are kind of behind Lions Park, um, kind of in that northeast pocket inside the Beltline. Okay. Um, and one of the things that's interested me is how our parks are not created equal across town. Um, some of them are incredible facilities, right? They're new facilities. They're lead, be lead buildings. They're either... Um, some of them are even attached to local parks um, and, and work really well with the county in terms of the type of amenities they provide. And then there are um, parks that were built decades ago that haven't been updated yet. Um, they have um, old floors in their basketballs. Their equipment is leaves something to be desired um, and may not even be that safe. And so um, I think we need to up our game in terms of the equitableness of our parks um, to start. Uh, uh, the word equitable is thrown around a lot in this particular election cycle. What does that mean to you? Excellent question. Um, I think it's one we need to dig in a little bit more as um, both candidates, but also just kind of folks in general. Um, because I think there's a difference between equality and um, equity. Um, and so equality means that we're all already kind of on the same um footing and should be given the same things. And equity recognizes that we're not, um, that folks don't start off on the same level playing field, that they are, some of us are advantaged in some ways and some of us are not. Um, and so how do we kind of equal out those disadvantages that some of us have throughout life um, and kind of meet folks there? So as a fortunate citizen, what can we do to help the less fortunate ones kind of come up to our level so that we're all here together? That's an excellent question. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of us are still trying to figure out. Um, I think one of the um, most important things is to give folks um, a voice in making sure that they can even tell 
most folks, especially those at the decision-making table, um, what disadvantages they have, what do, and, and beyond that kind of, what is it that they need to get by? And so I think it comes back to that quality of life thing where we just assume a lot of folks want clean air, clean water, and lots of parks. Um, and if you actually go into these communities who don't already have these things, um, or who are in disadvantaged positions, who live in affordable housing, who um, who's don't have all sorts of things, right? Like they're looking for jobs, they can't afford daycare. So going in and talking to these folks about what is it you need? Like, where do we start? How do we get jobs here? What kind of job trainings do you need? What does affordable housing look like to you? Um, I think that's a huge piece of it is quit assuming as um, by and large white folks, what other people need, what other non-white folks need, what other um, disadvantaged folks need and and start listening. Um, And while we're on that, Let's talk a little bit about uh, urban uh, gentrification. Um, this this happens all the time in uh, my former city of Chicago. Um, the neighborhoods change uh, like the wind, and um, I see a lot of um, uh, underprivileged uh, socioeconomic status uh, neighborhoods that uh, are being forced out of their current living situations with um, uh, new development coming in. Um, I, I want to see development, but at the same time, how do you, how do you find that balance? Um, and I know, I know this is going on where Will lives because I went over to his house the other day and I play softball around there. Um, so what, you want to say a hey, couple I things know what about neighborhood that this is. Yeah, so uh, I actually live on Maywood Avenue. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, where the new Trophy Brewing is. I uh, happen to know a thing or two about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I frequent it quite a bit, actually. Uh, Thank I you. do, too. Our softball team goes there afterwards. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> Cheers, indeed. Uh, but, you know, it, it just got repaved recently, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a very nice road. Uh, I ride a skateboard, so I was pretty pleased about that. Uh, the new... Uh, duplex development just just went into place there right next to uh or right across from trophy rather um so there there's a lot of new business there uh like the the brewing i kind of expect to see more uh restaurants and breweries kind of popping up along that road and it's really exciting for me because i can i can live there for the next year or two and reap the benefits of this new business but I also know that a lot of my neighbors are low-income families, and they are going to not be able to afford to live in this area after very long. That's right. And it's 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 very sad for me for me to watch, and I'm kind of torn because I want this new exciting neighborhood, but where where are all my neighbors going? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and we're seeing this all over town, right? Especially within our downtown core. Um, there's a lot of this going on in Southeast Raleigh. Um, and I think that, you know, there's these kind of two different, where to start? This, uh, this topic is so deep and dense. Um, and I do want to recognize that, like, you are seeing gentrification happen throughout the country. And I don't, I have not heard of a single example of a city that's doing it right, who who has stopped it. At the, is there, I, don't, yeah. I mean, is there a way to do it right? Right. I, how, how do you balance um, economic driving forces um, with the welfare of the general public, right? Um, right. I, can can you, as a candidate for city council, for city yeah. council, yeah. influence policy um, that will? I mean, I don't even know what you do. Like, right. 
Right. I My hope is, again, to elevate the conversation. Um, and I think that's a big part. Um, the other thing is to recognize our individual um, choices and how that impacts community. Um, and then also kind of more systemic, which I think is where the policy pieces would come in. Um, one of the things I've been hearing folks talk about in Southeast Raleigh and kind of on a more national level is um, this idea that you may not be able to stop gentrification, um, but that you can adapt to it, if you will. Um, and and there've got to be ways to recognize and lift up um, and celebrate the community um, and history of those neighborhoods. And so how can we really pay homage to the African-American community that has been such a um a very rich community in Southeast Raleigh for so long that is now being pushed out. Um, how do we make sure that the seniors or folks who own their homes there are getting their fair share when developers come knocking on their door? Cause that's what's happening. Um, how do we make sure that they're not just giving away their home when they could be making a lot more money off of that? And, and that's their right too, right? Like they bought a home and in part probably to invest in their future. And so they have a right to cash in. And what does that look like? I live six miles from uh, downtown. Mm -hmm. NC State has subsidized a GoPass. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show it to you uh, later so you take a look at it. Okay. I don't know, Will, do you have one of those? I don't, but I, I have used them before. They're very nice. Okay. So it's $5 for students of NC State University, and it essentially allows us to ride uh, uh, capital area transit. And I mean, I could travel around the whole triangle on that. Mm -hmm. The problem is uh, it would take me close to two and a half hours to get from my house to downtown. Right. It's six miles. Yeah. So... I don't want to drive anymore. I want the experience of a walkable city. And unfortunately, the only place I can get that is in certain downtown Raleigh areas right. where I'm priced out of living. Right on. So could you speak a little bit about your ideas for the transportation uh, yeah. system of, uh, of Raleigh for the future? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so I think in part the transit referendum that passed last year will be really great um, in terms of turning what we now have as this like kind of, oh, I forget what it's called, um, not a pinwheel, but like the spokes approach to a more um, connecting different um, sides of our city. So kind of east and west and, and north to south. I'm going to check that out in a little bit. Um, so I think that will help some in terms of moving our buses quicker. Um, instead of having to make all the buses go to downtown and then go from there, but they'll run more on these corridors, these east-west, north-to-south corridors. Um, but I think big picture, we've got to. That's what yes. I, I'm. I want to nail you down on big picture stuff, yes. like ten, five, ten years down mm -hmm. the road, and the incremental changes that are going to happen, or your vision for those uh, yeah. changes. So you can go ahead on that. Yeah, and I think I my vision is a is. <clears throat> My vision is kind of aiming towards that more walkable, more transit friendly um, system that isn't reliant on all just cars. Um, and the, that question is, right, like, how do you get there? How do you get folks out of their cars? How do you get them thinking differently about how they get from point A to point B um, instead of just naturally hopping in their cars? Are they going to take a bike? Are they going to take a bus that actually runs on time and, and helps you get to where you're going? Um, and I think we need to do it for our folks and our just kind of general 
um, freeing sense of not being in the car, but also for sustainability and climate change. Um, and so I, I do need to, um, yeah, yeah, think about that a little bit more in terms of, but I think we've got to get the right regional partners together to be thinking about this. So uh, England, United Kingdom announced a ban or a moratorium, mm-hmm. an end to petroleum-based automobiles right. in 2040, I believe. Again, look this up if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> and France as well. And now China at 2040. Okay. China is yeah. going to transition off of uh, petroleum-based cars. The now they are the number one market for cars in the entire world. Yep. Um, so I I I don't know the what your Raleigh what, City Council. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Raleigh, what, China. I, 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 I don't know. I, I understand, but like big yeah. picture wise, right? I yeah. Mean, Why not? Yeah. What do you What do right? you think about like, that? I mean, I think the NNO named it. Um, after we did our interview, I mean, Raleigh should be a leader. Why can't Raleigh be a leader on this stuff? Um, we have so much innovative um, innovation and then just smart people in this community who could be really on the cutting edge of our transit needs of the future. Um, and if we're going to bring, you know, all these folks who are going to move here. All of these, these new big companies are coming who are going to be looking for transit options. I mean, Amazon's the one everybody's talking about now. But like how... How can we build it to where we need to be in 10 years instead of, you know, we've been talking about light rail since I was talking with a woman today on her front porch about they've been talking about light rail since the 70s. Like they're going to have driverless cars. Oh, have they been talking cars. about it for that long? Oh, man. So, but in yeah. order to have light rail, that, that's a, that is a, a local state and a federal partnership. That's right. So the political feasibility of that actually happening is is uh, uh, about no. what? Yeah, and thank you for being completely honest about that. Yeah. Um, I, I think, like, especially with the, the Amazon news, um, a place like Denver, uh, who's who's able to, uh, they were able to, it was feasible for them to get the light rail going and have that transportation yeah, system. Yeah. It's just not here. So will it be? Or I want it you, to be. I know yeah. you want it to be. Yeah, and I, and I, again, back to that transit referendum that was passed last year, like that was a huge part of the deal um, was that Durham, Orange, and Wake counties would all pass part of this transit referendum together. We would all put money into this pot. We would start to make our waves towards light rail. I think we're still waiting to see, but yeah. Uh, so what are what are the realistic implications of the, the referendum? I know that you were talking about the corridor system yeah. and how that would really improve the efficiency of the buses. Is there uh, any any work towards getting a, a better system for notifying passengers of like bus arrival time and checking on where the bus is? Um, I think that's an excellent question. One, I cannot speak to directly in terms of the results of the transit referendum. Um, but I've been talking with our team um, and a few other folks about how can we make it less scary to ride the bus, um, especially for folks who aren't used to riding the bus. Um, how how can we get that information out there to people to say like, okay, the bus is going to be here exactly this time. It's going to cost you exactly this much. You either need to have change or you need to have your go but like your go rally pass. Like, how do we get that information in folks' hands? You're a mother, you're young, you're advocating for the community in Raleigh and uh, equity for people here. What else do you want us to know? I, th- I think I want you to know that, I, that Raleigh's ready. 
Raleigh is ready for the next generation of leaders and I'm ready to step up to the plate.